0: an inside look at the restaurant industry and entrepreneurial insight to help you succeed. It's the Paper Trails Podcast with Alma Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? Episode 21 for the Paper Trails Podcast. We're super pumped to have you guys uh, on. If this is your first time uh, plugging in, if you guys are listening to this, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, Or if you guys are watching us on our YouTube channel or other social media outlets, welcome. Super pumped to have you. This is a podcast all about uh, business ownership, entrepreneurship, and the food industry. And I'm super pumped to have our guest, Chef Michael Pappas. Um, We know each other through some mutual friends that have gotten to know each other for um, maybe the last couple months. We've kind of interacted back and forth. And so we are super pumped uh, to just introduce him to you guys. He has a lot of experience, a wealth of knowledge, and um, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him on just to talk about the industry, uh, food, uh, business ownership, the, the whole thing. And so, um, you know, Chef Mike, thanks for uh, for hanging out with us. My pleasure. Great to be with you today. Absolutely. Thank you. Why don't we do this? Why don't we start start from the beginning? Let's start. Uh, where are you from? Are you from Charlotte? I don't think so. You know, let's um, let's start there. Where are you from, your background? How did you end up becoming a chef? Sure. Originally from New York, uh, about 25 minutes outside of
1: Manhattan. Okay. And born and about, raised? Born and raised. Okay. I had no intentions of becoming a chef or being in this uh, amazing food service world, uh, but sometimes the waters of life will take you there. <laughs> a typical story. Okay. I started out as a dishwasher. Okay. Uh, I think the, the people working the line, said you wash dishes like a Marine, you know, we need to get you on the line cooking some food. Okay. And That was uh, actually in upstate New York when I had just started my undergrad uh, at uh, a school called SUNY New Paltz. Okay. And it was a 25 year uh, Italian restaurant that was opened. You know, it was really a historic mainstay for that area and just started working the line. Uh, got- now is your, is your
0: family from in, in restaurants or no? uh no okay so this was this was just a part-time job while in school exactly okay just making a little side
1: cash okay and you know just got positive feedback from the wait staff and then i got bit by the bug and (laughs) you know just kept cooking and learning and cooking and learning uh did private restaurants hotels resorts country clubs in the new york metropolitan area and working my way to upstate new york then landed myself in the CIA in 2003, okay. and then after that, hopped into the industry and opened up my first restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, that was when I was uh, 26 years old. Moved from New York to uh, Charleston. Charleston.
0: Now, how, how did that happen? How did like? Did you always want to go there? Did you just hear good things? I mean, how how did that even? You know, being born and raised in New York. That was a big jump? I would have to... It was a big jump. So how, how did that even happen? And, and maybe tell us, because there's a lot of people maybe that don't know the history of Charleston, the scene. Tell us about that.
1: Well, Charleston has a very, very interesting culinary scene. Okay. Uh, you know, this is going back to probably 2006, maybe. Um, it wasn't as crowded as it is right now, because it's the type of place, you know, you visit, you fall in love with it. And it just, it has a nostalgia, it has a laid-back feel to it. Uh, you know, the influx of people going to Charleston from other places is amazing. Okay. Which is another thing that has helped the restaurant scene there quite a bit. Okay. So, went there, kind of fell in love with it. Uh, Your money goes a lot farther south than it does in New York, especially when you're looking to open a restaurant. This is true. (laughs) So, those were some of the motivating factors. Okay. Uh, So, when I opened up, could fill the place up with my food and my cooking. I mean, there were times when it it was standing room only. I mean, there were times when there was lines out the door. Yeah, the energy for the food was amazing. What what kind of style food did you have? It was primarily American food, but it was mostly based on, uh, you know, European influences. So I brought in things from France, I bought in things from Italy, and and we were just cooking. I mean, really, really cooking, really, really taking the long road, um, you know, focused on flavor. Uh, focused on variety, focused on local, and the people were responding quite well. Nice. Uh, But at 26, I didn't have enough life experience to be a chef and run a business all by myself, moving from a place like New York to a place like Charleston. So ultimately, I failed as a businessman. Uh, However, when I closed that business, I was pressed with some very interesting questions, namely, how are there people in restaurant groups that can go to virtually any city in America and make it happen. And that was my introduction to understanding the back office and the administrative side of the industry. Interesting. And that was 10 years ago, and I have relentlessly chased down uh, you know, what that back office is, you know, what those balance sheets, those PLs, those financial statements, and how do they work into the employee culture, you know, to make a system of excellent financial homeostasis with great artisan products at the same time
0: now is that is that something um first off that was amazing um (laughs) is that something that like once you close down you started reflecting and then it just never left your mind you wanted i mean how 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 does that become such a a passion to learn for 10 years now you've been studying and like looking because i i always i always tell people there's no lack of answers, there's just lack of desire to find answers, period. I mean, especially today, I mean, with all the resources, Google, I mean, you can figure out how to do anything. Um, And so, is that something that you were just like, hmm, okay, like I was young, I ran this, I I know this part of the business, I'm crushing it here, maybe I'm not so well here, like how can I get, how how did that even like, was that something that you've just reflecting on?
1: You know, youth plays a large role in that for sure. You know, I um, uh, as we were speaking earlier, you know, I had mentioned sales versus brands. You know, mm. something that was you know head for me is, you know, how can I fill this place up with customers? Yet I'm not making it at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year. I'm still you know, very imbalanced. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a curiosity, you know, that was birthed from you know my experiences, and I was very, very well certain. That the answer existed and yeah. it was not out of my reach. I just simply, you know, was not even thinking in those realms
0: whatsoever. Let's 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 take a couple of steps back. Sure. What did you learn opening the first restaurant? Because I would have to imagine, um, and even I think polls even just say people would love to own their own business. I mean, I, it's just the autonomy, the independence, the you know, a lot of that people would love mm-hmm. to do. How does one even start? You know, let's say somebody's young, they love to start a food truck, a catering company, a restaurant, anything, right? Um, what did you learn opening your first restaurant, preparing blueprints, architects, getting inspections? Like, I mean, I, like, I'm sure this is what, what had it been new to you, all of that. What did you learn? What are some thoughts, suggestions we can give to people from your experience?
1: Well, for me personally, my motivations for opening a restaurant were my strength and my weakness kind of coupled in one you know my focus has been flavor you know since since the beginning you know what attracted me to cooking was exceptional experiences so for me opening a business was about i want people to experience this and i want to share these actions that i have i want to share you know sitting down with someone who's in their 40s and they say I, ne- I don't like seafood and I, you know, I really haven't really enjoyed it too much in my life, but you gave me this and I love this. Nice. Any type of seafood you make, I'll eat it. That's cool. Or even simpler things, you know, some things that have an aversion toward mushrooms or onions, you know, but you know, when things get very, very skillfully prepared and worked into a dish properly, you know, it was those experiences that I wanted to broaden in my life. Mm. However, you know, food service, is much more complex than the food, you know, as anyone who's listening to this probably very well knows, uh, you know, some very, very great chefs, a very great note have said things like um, environment is number one, service is number two, and then the food is number three. Mm. And I think I heard that from uh, Marco Pierre White. So, you know, we obviously can't question his dedication toward the culinary world as far as Food and flavor gotcha. but maturity will show us that you know the food business is in some ways a manufacturing facility and we have to keep our books in order you know we have to keep our our, our, our stabs in a proper position you know we have to be concerned about how we build our bridges between owners and our customers uh, you know we have to you know turn our customers into clients through nurturing them in ways Outside of the food as well. It's good. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 a 360 view that I did not have then uh, When I was opening it was just you know get to the food get the equipment and get cooking and fill it up Well, yes, I did that but yeah, there's
0: a lot more to the picture as you Very well know. and I'm sure you've learned a ton through that all those years that you ran the business, right? I mean Certainly. you have to I mean I you know, I don't know my I, I'm not sure where I read this uh, chef but it's it's the opposite of success is not failure, it's quitting. You have to fail to succeed. I mean, the number of mistakes that my cousin and I made, even running our, our paper company, is immeasurable. I mean, it's just the <laughs> dumb stuff that we did is just... Um, now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was, uh, you know... That was interesting, but um, but that's awesome. I love that. That's, I I love. Go ahead. It's a very fine line now, you know, with,
1: with failure, with you know the use of social media. Uh, you know, we have, we have to be really really careful. Sure. You know, really really careful. I mean, philosophically, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, everything. You know, in my shop, that gets touched. You know, everything needs to be near perfect. Every single time, we need to hit brand standard. Every single time. Relentlessly without cutting corners ever, you know, we buy excellent products, you know, we we don't
0: compromise um, So I love that. I mean there were I had a couple of brokers on um, that are some friends of of my family and um, They they do a lot of business with some larger chains, you know, uh, multi-unit 1050 a hundred unit uh, restaurants and um, Something that one of them said, Jeff said, uh, you know, it's all about it's you have to do everything you can to just put forth the most consistent product every time. Like and he was like that. And and, and there's a lot of things in your control. There's some things that are not in your control, but just consistency. And like you just said that, you know, the same product out, you know, uh, every single time, which which I find, um, you know, interesting, which is which is awesome. So, um, OK, so. So what what years is this by the way when you, when you moved to Charleston uh, this was 2006 okay so you were there in the middle of 2008 seven eight right yes so how, how did that affect your business just on a side note well I certainly
1: didn't have roots deep enough to uh, you know withstand a financial crisis you know by any means
0: they I mean uh, did it hit Charleston pretty hard the certainly gotcha certainly. gotcha okay so um, so what's next so you're in Charleston you opened up this restaurant you know, you got so much experience. You learned. You know, what's the what's the what's the next uh, the next moves for Mike? What? Uh... Well, about two years into opening the restaurant,
1: I wanted to. You know, we were very hands-on, very artisan. Like we were, like I said, we were taking a long road with everything. So I wanted to make some bread as a way to connect with my customers. Okay. And I was pretty mature as a chef at this point, and I tried to make a loaf of bread, and it looked like it needed a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> and I was like, Wow, this is really interesting. You know, I hadn't been challenged by a cooking preparation like that okay. in quite some time. Yeah. And I baked another loaf, and it was the same thing. And I baked more, and it was the same thing. And I baked more, and it was the same thing. And I was like, this is this is pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I got a couple of books. And um, one of them was called Bread by Jeffrey Hamelman. He's the director of King Arthur Flour. He's a, a master baker. Okay. Uh, the other one uh, was a book by James Beard Award winner Peter Reinhart. Um and I just baked everything in the book. Okay. And I just took them cover to cover, and then I, I started to get the hang of it. Okay. And I noticed when I was doing the bread baking that it was very much it was a historical journey. I mean, you're going back into you know why do different uh, regions or country use different uh, flours or grains, and you know why were the fermentation processes different, et cetera, and uh, I had the restaurant for five years, and then after it closed, I went to the Venue Inn, which is you know very high-end property in Charleston, and I was running their kitchen there on the day side, and I brought my baking there as well and worked it into my culinary game, okay. and it just took off. You know, the people responded, awesome. Okay. And then I just expanded the baking a little more. My wife and I were actually going door-to-door in downtown Charleston, and we were selling the breads, and my Ooh. wife grew up in Europe okay, and she grew up in the Netherlands and, you know, bread, the baking business is such a huge part of that culture there. Okay. So, you know, it, it was great for her and her family. They were really loving it. And I asked her, hey, you know, would you be okay with me kind of segueing, you know, out of the kind of the, the traditional savory culinary world and getting into this bread thing, and she was crazy enough to say yes.
0: Your your wife? You asked you asked your wife this?
1: Yes. Okay. Because uh, you know, again, I was you know pretty developed as a chef. You know, to really really switch directions like this after being in the industry for probably twelve years was was pretty significant. Okay. And I met the COO of Earth Fair in Charlotte. Okay. And they were looking to kind of resurrect the artisan bread movement in about ten of their maybe 20 some odd locations. Okay. So they took me on to uh, be a voice to help kind of spearhead uh, that operation for them. And that's, that that's was here what, in Charlotte? That, that was here in Charlotte, and that's what actually took me to Charlotte from Charleston. Now, how did you even meet the COO? Uh, I think we just connected probably online. You know, it really wasn't, wasn't a, an extremely intentional gotcha, push. Gotcha, gotcha. But essentially, when I closed my restaurant, I said, you know what, let me just go work somewhere for just one calendar year Sure. Just to get on my feet, sure. get my head together. It was sure. a pretty significant gear change for us. Sure. So once I hit that year mark and I knew I wanted to delve into the baking world, that's when I started reaching out for connections, uh, landed, uh, talked to that person. And that just, it took off. I mean, we were at the location in, uh, my, my home location was the one in South Park and there was Europeans coming out of the woodwork. I mean, people didn't even speak English. They were knocking on the bakery door. You know, because we had these beautiful these beautiful products. Sure. And, you know, this is a very, uh, you know, this is a very European-focused product. You know, if you grew up somewhere uh, in Europe, you know, you're, you're very familiar with these products as a part of your daily life. Okay. Uh, but these particular style of products, you know, can only be found in, in maybe just a couple of major cities in America. No kidding. So I'm excited to be here in Waxhaw doing this because the energy that we're getting from the people is amazing. I mean, we do home delivery a couple of days a week in response to COVID. Okay. And by the time my wife and I get back home, I mean, our phones are already like, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe this. Thank you so much. These people are, are going from trying the product to, you know, customers for life,
0: like as nice. soon as they try it. Nice. Well, here's here's something, <laughs> something cool that I, um, that I was thinking of. And the reason I even asked about how, you know, the CEO, because you know I talk a lot about just networking, just meeting people and networking and being intentional with your relationships, because you know that, I mean, we know the saying. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Okay. I mean, like and 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 so like I guess that, that's why I was kind of asking about that because you know, I just suggest to my audience, make friends, meet people, pass out your card. you know what I mean? Because you never know where those relationships. I mean, you may meet your next best friend. Or you may do business with somebody. I mean, you never know how this re- or nothing may happen. So, so anyway, um, let's let, let's back up a second. You said something about mm-hmm. you know uh, the restaurant that you were working at, and you were doing some you know you were pushing your bakery stuff, and you're going now you know, you're you, you going door to door to promote and push your 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 bakery business, right? Yes. Now talk about that, like going door to door, like pushing it, like creating a brand, creating a name. I mean, I. I, my my opinion i don't think there's i don't think there's a better way to learn grit or perseverance than going door to i mean that that takes so much hunger desire humility everything and so was that just something you you wanted to get feedback on a product was that something that you actually wanted to like build a business and stay in Charleston and do that full time? Like, what was your mindset like? How did that even go about? Were you like, you know what? Let's go do this, this, and this.
1: Well, you've alluded to this, uh, you know, style of understanding a couple of times. And I appreciate that very much because it has been a big part of my journey. And uh, I'm not certain that I can fully put my finger on it. But I, I do know that inside of me is is a great need to share. and you know, I really want to share these products with people because again when i was learning about these products i mean it was it was a historic journey these products my goal as a baker as a chef you know is to touch the heart of the customer yeah. and not just make money i mean sure we're here to make money sure sure, sure. Gotcha. Uh, but even if this product is not your cup of tea i still want the person to stop And have that moment of pause and recognize that excellence and went recognize what went into the product it's good and that was the motivation for going door to door gotcha it was just 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 touching more people Mm -hmm. you know enriching more homes enriching more families Uh, one of the greatest compliments i've gotten uh, with the home delivery is the amount of uh, children and teens who like this product because usually a stuffy product and you know the parents are into it as european this or that. Yeah, you know, but these kids are loving this stuff and it's helping me certainly when kids are nagging their parents hey get that bread and get that bread in uh, but it's just it's, it's a real product it makes your home better it makes your meals better it's enriching your life which is finding a very interesting home especially in this covid time
0: yeah so sharing huge motivation i love that i love that i was just curious like you know you've like when I hear certain words, it just you know, like you said door to door, and I'm like, mm, you know what, man, I I bet you learned a lot doing that. You know, like I said, getting your product out there, sharing the experience, sharing the you know the, the whole thing, and so, so you move here, you're with Earth Earth Fair, you were there for a while, a few years. Yeah, I was there for a couple of years. Okay, and then um, was that now you were there doing there? I mean, was that your your products was that their products i mean what you know because i know you said you want they wanted to kind of sure re re reintroduce their their bakery items to their to their clients is that right yes you know baking
1: is it's it's interesting you know baking is uh buzzing right now okay you know with uh with the uh quarantine time you know there was a lot of people who started baking at home and you know there's uh, my my flour supplier is a company called kdl and they said you know, they're having one of the best years that they've had, you know, wow. selling flour because, you know, that, that Lindley Mills up in Graham, which is where uh, most of our flour is coming from. Sure. You know, people are just home baking, home baking, uh, the sales up, up, up. Uh, but, you know, to really do this craft very well, there's a good bit uh, that you have to understand about flour, about fermentation, about metabolism. And I actually took it even a bit far, farther to uh, a, a particle fusion and electronic level of what's going on inside of these products. And Earth Fair had hired a few people to try to help really launch it and push it forward. Uh-huh. And it just wasn't happening for them. Gotcha. And they were just so frustrated. They just said, we well, think you have the ability to do this, just go. And I was like, what do you mean? They was like, just, just go. I said, okay. So I created a product line of 14 uh, different breads. Okay. And I mean, we were selling maybe 8 or 10 loaves a week when I first got there, and it was maybe 60 days later. I think we were selling uh, nearly 1,000 a, a week. Jeez. Yeah, it was quick. It was quick. You know, really great products like this. They have the ability, you know, you just you taste them. It's just there's just such a congenial and
0: innate experience that's uh-huh. happening when you eat these types of products. Nice. Well, yes. Did you learn anything in that? In that, in those couple of years, you were with those, with, uh, with other. I mean, was there anything that stands out to you? Maybe business side, back office, corporate, anything. I mean, because I mean, you you went from restaurants to now grocery chain. Yes. Anything, <laughs> anything different? Anything you learned from that? I really There's...
1: appreciate you saying that. It was a very significant gear change. Um... Uh, you know, learning about retailing and learning about piecework and learning about you know how to merchandise and how to display. Mm. Um, I was over a, a more than one department simultaneously when I was there. Uh, you know, so learning uh, communications on a local level, leading to a corporate level, um, understanding you know the need to balance you know the pressures coming down from the top. You know. In reference to sales, you know, in reference to you know, boots on the ground and interacting with the cost customer and what it is that they're looking for, uh, you know. So from a leadership standpoint, you know, I was I was starting to learn a lot more about balance, mm. you know, on a local and and then regional
0: level and keeping all that together for sure. That's good. That's good. I because I, like I I would have to have to just in my mind kind of turning as you're talking. I'm like yeah, like uh, he there's. I mean you had to have made some mental clicks or shifts I mean going from you know restaurant your own to somebody else's to pushing the, the to to learning the whole industry I right. mean even buying books I mean I think that's something cool you know I don't know people have thoughts of hey you know let me become a programmer let me learn about social media marketing let me go buy some books and read study like there's there's answers out there but you I mean they're not going to be fed to you you've got to go like you know, it's, it goes back to the desire thing. I just, I, I really, like, I really want to help people succeed and learn from my experiences building, you know, um, my business and, and from others. And, you know, like I said, I just, I just know that there's answers. You just have to go find it. Like, no one's going to spoon feed you how to win in your industry or hone your craft or anything like that. So, any thoughts on that? That's uh, so very well said. Uh, actually,
1: I had forgotten when I mentioned it earlier, but the reason why I mentioned those people who wrote those books uh, was because uh, one of the authors I mentioned, Peter, uh, he is a Charlotte-based, okay. and when I came to Charlotte, baking at Earth Fair, I reached out to him to show uh, the research that I had found uh, through my practical on-the-bench experience, and he wound up uh, giving me a section uh, in, in one of his books, which was the last one. Uh, that he published, but I found it very interesting that my bread started out you know, pretty rough and then after seven years of practice at that point one of the authors of the books that I bought to help me was at my house with a pen and a pad uh, taking notes on my new techniques and had even taken my breads, wrapped them up, overnighted them to California and they're on the cover of a book called "The Bread Revolution," which is published by Ten Speed Press.
0: No kidding. Yeah, so it was
1: interesting, kind of turning the curve to a, to a long long journey. Then,
0: I love that. That <laughs> is like the coolest thing. You know, you, you know, just talking about your first couple of loaves that you tried to, to to bake, and then now now you're you know in the book of the guy that you were studying. I love that. that I love good. that. So so let's fast forward, like. What's going on right now? What's Chef Mike up to? Obviously, we know you're in, in the bakery game. You know, let's, let's, let's do a little plug. What, what are you doing? What are you offering? What's, what's this new venture that you have going on?
1: Sure. So it's called The Baker, and we're out here in Waxhaw, and we've created this very, very nice shop uh, thanks to two very special people that I know. Okay. Uh, their name is uh, Jonathan and Marilette Fleming. Okay. Uh, they are very successful small business owners out here in Waxhaw. Nice. And they helped me with this space. Nice. And uh, together with uh, my father in law, his name is Troy Pruitt, he's a construction manager for Habitat for Humanity. Nice. Uh, we uh, built out this space. Uh, construction all the way through to FF&E all the way through to Department of Agriculture checking us off and what we're doing is we're bringing these products uh, to people's homes okay Uh, so uh, this is our honey wheat right here okay Uh, this undergoes a very long several day uh, fermentation process and we're trying to be on trend with the look you know so that's why we put some of this extra effort into the exterior look But we're going really out of the way as far as the products that we want to give to people. You know, for example, as I mentioned, this is a honey wheat. You know, I don't just get the cheapest honey that I can find. You know, we're using a local honey from Ritter Apiary. Uh, It's a very old beehive. It's very high quality. Uh, It's probably the most expensive honey that I can buy. But what happens on a fermentation and a metabolic level inside of this loaf when I put that in there, I can't match it anywhere else. So I want to make sure that we're giving people the best product uh, because, as you know, we're in this for a marathon run rather than a sprint. There you and go. if we supply these inferior uh, products, you know, I, I may be able to make some returns quickly but not
0: not substantially enough, you know, to really get my roots down in this area. And there's, and there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said right there. I think a lot of times people... Get in the game, whatever game it is, for the sprint, for the short term, for the you know the immediate income, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, and the reality is tried and true, successful entrepreneurs always play the long game, always, you know what I mean? Uh, their systems will prevail, you know what I mean? And so I love that. I mean I don't even I mean I don't even know bread like that, like you're talking about <laughs> metabolic level, but I mean it just sounds amazing so um so yeah what other what so we have you said honey wheat
1: we have honey wheat okay another product that we offer here is this is called our bavarian beer and roasted shaved walnut loaf uh this is a really really nice loaf okay okay so it has beer inside of it bavarian beer okay that's from the company polliner which is a very very old brewery and you know, you're talking about generations of people who have worked on and practiced Uh, fermentation and I'm just kind of capitalizing on what it is that they're doing. I'm getting that product into here and I'm combining that with things like exceptional organic blackstrap uh, molasses from Vermont. You know this has a touch of brown sugar in it but I make sure that I use high quality organic Mm. because when I put anything else in the in the product it just the particles of wheat do not present themselves in the same way. And that's something you can tell by looking at these products and similar ones is while uh, potentially the untrained eye might say, well, it's dark and it's brown. But if you look at the dark and you look at the brown, there's actually a color spectrum of dark and browns and goldens inside. So you can see uh, that the wheat is presenting not just basically its sugar. It's presenting various different types of sugars. Some of them also connected to starches and proteins. But we're probably getting way off the course here, so forgive wow. me.
0: Wow! No, no, no. It's. I mean, <laughs> this is great. This is great. So, so um, we're doing home delivery a couple of days a week. Okay. And uh, now, is that in the Charlotte area? What, 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 uh, what area are we covering? Uh, we're
1: covering Waxaw and then just a few communities around Waxhaw, I okay. believe We're covering. Uh, Matthews some parts of Indian Trail some parts of Monroe gotcha so but you know we're we're really we're focusing on that Waxhaw just the immediately the surrounding circle there, and then we're also starting at the Waxhaw farmers market this weekend nice very great people out there organizing that market I mean very very high energy um, you know very accommodating you know, great crowd out there in Waxaw. We're nice. really excited to get out there and present this product. Uh, we, we have a display built that's just going to be, you know, straight out of a magazine. Wow. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So I have also some croissants here. Nice. And again, you know, long road. You know, these are literally the doughs, literally mixed by hand, You know, it's rolled out by hands. Um, you know, it's it's. It's crunchy. It's yeah. shiny. It's buttery. It looks amazing. Yes. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know. So again, product quality is very, very important. That's to awesome. Us. It's very, very important to us. We do a rosemary and organic orange peel loaf. That one is is doing quite well. We do a roasted potato and onion. And the people. Bread. Yes. And the people are just. I mean, we, we sell this bread. I mean, we're coming back. I mean, the phone is just exploding. The people are like, this is amazing. I think someone had recently said, my husband said that uh, he'll go to jail just to eat the bread and drink the water if they serve this bread there. (laughs) So they they love it. They love it. And that's that's what it's all about. Nice. Yes. We are a business. Yes. We are here to make money. Sure. But this business cannot be without the customer 100 percent. so my goal from inception was how do we take care of the customer nice and how do we take care of them the best that we can so that's that's who the baker is i studied some companies that are very great for a very long time companies like peter lugers for example mm. and the focus is not have you been i haven't
0: been I, I want to go too. I, I, I've time. heard the amazing things, but I think that was just an indirect invitation in your pan. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, if, we, need to, we need to make that trip happen for sure. But the focus is the product. You know,
1: Peter Lucas. The focus is the product. Uh, I don't know those people there. I have no affiliation with them. Yeah. I don't want to overspeak by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the focus is the product. You know, all their marketing, all their advertising, everything goes into the product, and I, I found that. Uh, commonality in a lot of uh, food service businesses at that caliber, mm. because sometimes we have the, uh, um, the tendency to focus on the chef. And I mean, heck, I'm the chef, yeah. you know. But I, I feel it more sound
0: for the customers' benefit, for the clients' benefit, to focus on the product. It's mm. a good point. I like that. So, um, so cool. Any uh, any last parting thoughts as we kind of wrap up? I mean, what you know, maybe to, talking to a business owner, entrepreneur, somebody young that may be trying to get into the culinary scene. I mean, what what are what are some thoughts, suggestions, uh, tips um, you know, so if somebody 16, 18, 20, 22 that has an interest in the food or has an interest in maybe starting a business. What are your thoughts to them? Your suggestions, you know, um, it definitely sounds like, you know, just your style is all about, you know, Research and do the homework and learn and you know, I mean everything that you've done has taken time, you know, which um, May not be what somebody wants to hear but seven years after baking you then were asked to to, You know speak on a product, you know Uh, Years after you know working in different country clubs and restaurants up north up in New York You then were able to start your own business and so um, and so Maybe speak on that. What are your thoughts on that? Just some advice and tips to anybody out there that would love to get into the food industry.
1: Sure. I think that if you want to get involved in the food industry, either as a cook or a chef or on the ownership level, you've obviously identified uh, some positive strengths within you. Uh, I would encourage those people to... uh, take the narrow road of also understanding your weaknesses Mm. and looking at them and submitting to them and then overcoming them because then you can have a fully well-rounded game and you can be very very solidified in this industry something that i was not when i opened up my first venture and something that
0: i hope to be with this particular venture that's awesome i mean there's uh there's something that i heard a long time ago chef and it said it was uh there's nothing that sustained thought cannot overcome and if you put thought and effort and energy into something you will get better Mm -hmm. i mean and this is proof of it just a what a short handful of years ago you know i mean you were testing and trying to bake and like i mean I i don't know much about baking i don't know anything about baking to be quite honest with you but the level of intensity and intentionality that you have in your products here is astounding. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know you can. I didn't even know you could do a potato onion bread, or is, is was that right? Potato onion. That's I mean, that just um, and just to get the feedback is 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 amazing. It means that you're doing something right. And so, um, anyway, this was awesome. I appreciate it. I think this was tremendous. Um, and I think, uh, I think, you know, and listen, if you're, you know, if you're in the area, where can people, re- you have a website, you know, how, how, how can people reach out Is the baker, right? Sure. Check us
1: how- out on Instagram, Facebook, you know, real easy to find is in the baker. Uh, we can get you set up on the, uh, text list. You know, we text cool. our customers twice a week, tell you what we're, what we're offering, when it's going to be dropped off to you. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very pain-free process. Sure. Sure. Drive it to the house, drop it off quick hello. Take it easy. Perfect. Or, or come down to the Waxhaw Farmers Market on Saturdays. Uh, come check out the, the nice display. Say hello and uh, hopefully enjoy some of our products.
0: I love it. I love it. So make sure you guys reach out. Make sure you, uh, you find these guys on their social media platforms. Text. Come try out the products. Spread the word. You know I'm all about supporting local businesses. I, I think it's, I think it's uh, essential. I mean, small business um, is the backbone of, of America. And, um, you know, I think that's awesome. So, uh, chef Mike, thanks for, for uh, hopping on the paper trolls podcast and chatting with us and hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys have not subscribed, liked, shared, commented, let us know what you guys thought. And, uh, we will talk to you guys soon for the next episode. Have an absolutely amazing day.